Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevens, and this is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight we will be reviewing Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that was released in 2019. Yeah, it's a teenage horror film. A bit like an R.L. Stein sort of job, isn't it? A bit? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. A teeny... It touches on a bit of anthology here and there. A yes, bit of it. Not, not quite an anthology, but it brings other bits, bits of stories about the people who are being victimised by the the mm. thing in this movie, which I'm not going to say at the moment because Sarah's going to tell a story. Mm. Uh, but yeah, how it, affect, how it affects them and manifests in their life. Uh, but it's not quite an anthology, it's got little stories behind yeah. each person. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. in previous reviews, um, people have been trying to work out whether this is uh, meant for da- adult horror or teen horror. Uh, Mike and I were just discussing it a while ago, so Mike, tell us a little well, bit more I about I was going to speak about the reviews at the end, so I will do it now. Yeah. Um, some of the reviewers really have lost the plot on this movie. It was made from a... The story idea came from a children's book, uh, a book series uh, of the same name, Scary Stories to Tell the Dark. And it was adapted uh, for the screen to be adapted from a children's book. Not, oh, let's take a children's book and make it into an adult R-rated horror. No. No, And some of the reviewers didn't miss that part. It's actually aimed at a younger audience. Not your single figures children but say young teens mid-teens when you start getting into horror like when Buffy the Vampire Slayer might have been a bit scary you know that sort of stuff Hmm. it's a little bit scarier than that obviously um but it's made for a a younger mind where they're not uh, totally um up to speed with the horrors that adult uh, viewers would actually like to see. So the reviewers, some of the reviewers didn't pick up on that. Mm. Uh, however, uh, we'll talk about the reviews later on. Mm. Some reviewers were actually quite favourable. That's a relief. Yeah. Um, now, uh, pretty much, um, here we go. Produced, produced by Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Sean Daniel, Jason Brown, J. Miles Dale and Elizabeth Grave. Mm. What a great name for a horror movie producer, Grave. Mm. Yeah. Um, directed by Andre, I think it's Overdahl. I think he's Swedish or something rather. He's a, a from what I can see, he's a pretty a pretty good director. Now the screenplay was done by the Hagman brothers, uh, Dan and Kevin. They've done a lot of scripts, I believe, at different times for different movies. They 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 will take a script that's been uh, to roughly put together and they will do the final touches to it and, and breathe life into it, mm. uh, or death into it, whichever way you're going to go. Um, mm. Now, the story was re- originally written by Guillermo del Toro, Patrick Melton, and Marcus Dunstan. Again, it was based on uh, that uh, book, uh, the children's book uh, by Alvin Schwartz. Uh, so, yeah, as, as I always said to Sarah that any good story, is it a book, a good book story... That's sold well and it gets transferred to film can generally make it quite mm. uh, uh, quite good because someone's already put the imagination into it. Mm. It's just somebody there say, how can I make a screenplay out of it? So when you've got to start a movie from scratch, so let's come up with a synopsis and then write a bit of a storyline and then put the words together for the people. It's a big task, but the hard work's already been done. Yes. Mr. Alvin Schwartz did a good job in the kids' books and they just adapted it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway... 
irrespective. Aha. Um, I won't go into too much about it before Sarah starts telling um, her side of things, but I believe um, CBS got the rights to the film way back in um, 2013, and it took the, so many years for it to get released. Hmm. So um, about six years from start to finish. Hmm. Even though the, the filming, I think, took about two months. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, it's all the background work, writing, rewriting, doing this, doing something else, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Uh, and I was going to mention this there later, they're looking at doing a sequel. Mm, I hope so. Yeah, they are. They're looking at doing a sequel. They, 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 they were discussing it last year, mm. so it might, they, might take another year or so to come out. But uh, I do yeah. hope it's a continuation of the story. Well, the same people have been brought in. Mm. That so girl. Good. Um, oh, I'll go through them in a minute. Um, anyway, yeah. I'm move, moving right along because it's, it's going to be a bit of a, a long story when Sarah gets into it, obviously. Uh, budget, 28 mil. It box office at 106. Now, this only came out in 2019, and it's readily available on eBay and Amazon and other places. Don't know how much it's going to make on the old home media side, but I think it's going to make a good a good killing there too because it's not a bad film for teens. Mm, yeah, okay. uh, yes. yeah, I think they like it. Now, I won't go through everybody. I've got a whole list of people. I'll concentrate on the kids. Mm. Um, Zoe uh, Coletti plays Stella Nichols. She's the main little girl who finds this book of these stories and that when they go into a haunted house, which mm. Sarah will talk, tell you in a minute. Mm. Uh, Michael Garza plays Ramon, Ramon uh, Morales. So he, he, Sarah, yeah, he'll come out, sorry. Mm. Gabriel Rush is Augie Hildebrand. Um, Austin Zauer, I think it was the right name, is the right pronunciation, plays Chuck Steinberg. Natalie uh, Ganshorn plays Ruthie Steinberg, his sister, obviously. She's the blonde girl who got the bit of the spider bite, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Austin Abrams, Ab- Abrams plays Tommy Milner, who drops off the perch pretty quick in this movie. Hmm. Um, I won't mention too many other people in it, but... Um, I don't think anything really... How about the um, ch- police chief who plays a bit of a teeny, weeny, not-so-big role in this one? Well, he's not worthwhile. I um, know, but he does... I, I might go mention with the monsters, because I like the monster guys who bring these monsters to life. <laughs> uh, Javier Botet, or Botte, uh, plays the Big Toe Corpse. He does a good job. It's a bit scary, wasn't he? Mm. Troy James plays the jangly man. Yeah. Now I don't know whether he did the, uh, uh, the not the aerobics. What do you call it? The um, mm. what do you call it when uh when I do those funny? Oh, what do you call it? Twistle pretzel moves. Yeah. Well, you want, yeah, yeah. When those people sort of twist their body in different positions, I don't know if he did did a lot of that, that a lot of that himself, or was um he did. So, he, did he? He's he, a he professional. He was very in a very field. agile man, and he. He scared the, the crap out of me. Um, yeah, the interesting thing about the jangly man, he's not, he was invented by the studio or the um, writers or whoever, but not yeah, invented he by was, the, he, um, he wasn't in the, book. the right, not in the book. Yeah, and a guy called Mark Steger, Steger plays Harold the Scarecrow and the Pale Lady, you know, that thing that sucks the kid inside it, the mm. Pale Lady. He played both of those roles. Mm-hmm. You didn't recognise him. Obviously, he had all his makeup on. However, mm. um, I won't mention anybody else. Um, there's lots of other bit, bit, bit roles in it, but the main thing hangs around the kids, really. Mm. Uh, do you want to take it away, uh, Sarah? Sure, sure thing. Yeah, why not? So hey, this hey, move- that, that, the ghost lady here is named Sarah, isn't she? Mm. 
Ooh, Sarah Bellows. Ooh. Mm. So is, is the guy creepy? who plays the sheriff in real life. His, his name's, name's Sarah? No, his name's Bellows. Oh, sorry. Okay, fine. In real life, just so you know. <laughs> Not in... Oh, yeah, in real life, his name's Bellows. Funny, that, hey. Yeah, I don't know if there's a connection. No, no, it, wasn't. Mm. it, was just, it, just, it just happened, probably. Anyway, um, right the story begins in 1968, around the time when um, there's a Vietnam War, I think. And Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. And this is around the time Vietnam is at war. Yes, and we, everyone knows that. And everyone is... <laughs> and it shows... You do see um, a, f- a few people getting drafted into the um, army. And Ramon is one of many people who decides, no, I don't, I'm not going to get drafted. I don't want to get drafted. I want to run away. Yeah, his, his brother uh, was drafted a couple of years earlier and came home in a box in pieces. And yeah. he didn't want to end up the same way. Yeah, huh. so... So he, he, yeah, he had, a, he had a reason. So yeah. he runs away to the small town in order to escape authorities and anyone else who might be looking for him to yeah, exactly. join up. So he then... So meanwhile, while this is happening, Stella, the um, um, a nice girl who likes writing stories and like horror movies and stuff like that, you yeah. see her de- room decked up in horror stuff. That sort of room I would have liked to have when I was a kid. Yeah, and then she yeah. gets a call on the walkie-talkies. Oh, yeah, the, the, these kids in here use walkie-talkies to communicate. Because it was pre-mobile phones, obviously, so they had a, walk, yeah. Yeah, a set of walkie-talkies. I guess that they no, were trying have, to... Didn't have mobile phones. Yeah, I guess they had to think of an alternative way of communication. They? That they would have done that. They had walkie-talkies, then CB radio came in and something else, and then mobile phones came in later on. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I guess it was, it was a better alternative than... than then Can I borrow the phone, Mum? No, go to your room. No, get, yeah, get, get. so her, she gets contacted by her um, friends Chuck and 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 August about Obby, to, yeah. to go, go trick or treating, and but she thinks they're going to play a prank on this nasty teenager guy called Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, I told you, know the, you. you know the type, local hoon, Lo- real smart ass. Yeah, and, uh, think of the guy who from Stephen King's it who tormented the loser club. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The total yeah, jerk yeah. of the pack. Anyway, moving on. So Stella's not sure if she wants to go trick or treating or doing the fi- their final trick on them. But she decides to go along with it. So she and her friends decked up in costumes, and herself as a witch, um, Gus, August in a Spider-Man costume. Not a very good one. He didn't look like a Spider-Man. Oh, well, he it was like Chuck, a, sorry. No, no, Chuck, no, Chuck was a Spider-Man. Yeah. But it wasn't Spider-Man in the red suit. His mum made him look like a spider with not enough legs. <laughs> not very good. <laughs> yeah, not a really good Stanley. He was a man look. spider on the Spider Man. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and and August dresses up as a clown, although he doesn't he, he say. Can't say no, no. It goes back to so many centuries. I'm a so and so or other. Everyone says you're a clown. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't like that. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> so the kids go out on trick or treating, and they do pull their prank, and which is um, they had a bag of it was like a pillowcase or something rather full of. Nasty, smelly, horrible things. I won't go into it because you might be eating at the moment. Yes. Yeah. And they threw it into their Tommy's car. When well, it actually, went past. they grabbed it. They thought it was their candy. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, something. they grabbed it. They're holding it there. They I thought, mentioned yeah, in the past right. tense, they probably stole, stole candy, candy yeah. from them when they're trick or treating. So, uh, Tommy was driving the car. His mates grabbed it, opened the bag Ooh. in the back of the car, and it stank. I, look, I had and stuff in it and I think agree okay, and then they egg the car and stuff you know yeah. Whoops, as you one just, would you just made the biggest mistake Mike you just got let these people lose their dinner what the poo or the egging 
The pegging. The pooing. Egg, egging the car? No, the pooing. Oh, the poo in the car, yeah, <laughs> whatever. You just... Anyway. That's okay, moving so right along. They, they, they egged the, the car and they, wrote, they raced off into the woods trying to avoid these bullies. And they cut through to the drive-in theatre. Yeah, mm. where they're showing, da-da-da-da, Night of the Living Dead that was released in nineteen fifty. I mean nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, Georgie Romero, yay! Yes, sort of a that's kind of kind of good timing when you think about that. Well, all periods of product placement, yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing, you know. And, and they run into Ramon, and they get now they get them to be given sanctuary in, in his, his car. car. He's been by himself because he, he's only recently come to the town, so they go to drive in and see the and movie, and they you know, they ask for shelter in his car because the other yeah. guy's looking for yeah. Uh, them. Yeah. He stands up to them, and they say some nasty things to him because, you know, I'm not going to say them because it's I'm not, I Racist don't believe it. Stuff? Yeah. yeah. And he says some nasty things about Stella's how she's mother ran away or left or Stuff whatever, like, yep. and that upsets her. Did we, we ever actually find out what happened to Stella's mother? Did she just yeah. run away? I just or think she just left, left. or anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. just like most parents did. Do. Yeah, Dad didn't say anything at the end, did he? No, no he just, he just it just wasn't done. your fault, she just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. say whether he went off with another guy or did or mm-hmm. went tropo or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, um. Then Stella suggested after the bullies leave that they go to this nice haunted house. To a nice haunted house? I didn't know such a thing as a nice haunted house. Maybe. Yeah, and this is where um, it gets a little creepy. And this is under 10 minutes, which is a war record good, to me. We're doing good here. It's moving, uh, moving along at a breakneck speed, this movie. Yeah, unlike in the past where they just leave it, say, under... Too much character development. Ca- under mm. character development stuff, too. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? All right, what... Do you want to put some new clothes on? I'll do that. Mm. Have a cup of coffee. That sounds very nice. No, yeah, no, no, so that's they all head in no. and Stella explains to Ramon what the story of the house, how it used to um, house um, the Bellows, the Bellows family, family. Who were very, and, very rich. Who were very that, wealthy, and who owned, owned a the mill. Local mill. Yeah, and, what, paper mill was it? Or? Yeah, paper mill mm. or something. And but Sarah Bellows, she was um, a local nut in their community. Well, history has her report as a local nut who might have killed some children or poisoned them or something rather, but we find out later. I'm not going to say it now. they say that she died inside that house. And she killed herself by hanging herself or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so they think. Anyway, they move on, so... Sorry, pardon me. So they continue through the house and they're exploring it bits and pieces and um chuck sees something he can't explain he thinks yeah, a, gl- a glimpse into the past you reckon yeah i think so yeah, he saw sarah bellows no it's actually a grandmother oh the grandmother yeah grandmother with, bellows sitting in a chair in his room with a dog guard dog that's right yeah and and, and then he he looks again and there's nothing there he's going back to a decaying old house again interesting yeah. mm. anyway Eventually, Stella and Ramon, they found a secret um, room that possibly was occupied by Sari. In the basement, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the yeah. basement. Mm. Mm. And there they find some old volumes, um, books there that no doubt um, Sarah wrote her stories. Wrote, yeah, wrote she, she's story. told stories to the local children, scary stuff, and... And sometimes the the local legend goes: if you ask Sarah to tell you a story, she'll tell you a story, and those and whoever 
listens might die. May die. Yeah, but the point is that was just a local legend. It wasn't actually true, was it? No. Then they both. Then all three, four kids get locked in the um in the the basement. By Tommy. And Tommy is tormenting them, saying nasty things and all that. And Ruth, who's not really happy about this. She's on a date with him. Tommy, and Tommy says, I'll bug you, and he throws her in the basement of her brother and the other guys yeah. and locks the door and sees down there too. Yeah, the, he continues taunting them and then he heads out. And, and, he, his, go, and he gets and, drunk and stuff and yeah. had a good time. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he also, um, what's the word? He keys um, Ramon's car. No, he doesn't key. He paints stuff. He puts... But Ramon is obviously uh, from south of the border, and he wrote, wrote things like "wet back on the car." That's let's uh, not go there. No, I'm just saying. That's he, not nice. It's on the movie. I know he writes "wet back on it." Now I think he traced the motor and did a few things to it. Yeah. He didn't do the right thing by Ramon's car. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there are leaving are a few here, uh, remaining um, protagonists in the basement, and Stella says as she's looking at the book, Sarah's book says, tell me a story, tell me a story. And just then, um, the ghostly appearance of Sarah Bellows opens the basement door and... lets them out. lets them out. Ooh. And that's not the only thing that's been let out, so to speak. Yes, yes. Mm. Something, something went wrong. Yeah, Sarah heads back to her... I mean, not Sarah. I mean, Stella heads back to her house and she offers Ramon um, a place to, of, to sleep for the night. Yeah. In the basement, not her room. It's all, you know, all above yeah. board. Yeah. yeah, and she slowly flips through the book. She bought the Sarah's Bellows book with her. Because she she likes writing stuff. She likes writing yeah, stories herself. So yeah. Yeah. So she's her room's decked up in old those horror old horror classic posters, posters which I would love. I've got downloadable ones, but not as good as originals. Yeah, the originals yeah. will probably be worth a fortune by well, now. Yeah, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, it could be affordable. Yeah, Hundred dollars, maybe thousand dollars each. Yeah. Depending on. If they're originals, so anyway, Stella sits down and starts flipping for the book, and she sees a new story being written that's already written called Harold. Uh, Harold, and it tells a story about a boy named Tommy who hates Harold the Scarecrow, and kind of beats him up with with bottles and whatever stuff. Yeah, poor Harold. Just a poor scarecrow. And meanwhile, while this is happening, the real Tommy is told by his mum to take some eggs to a ne- to a next door neighbour's farm. Yeah, somewhere he has cut through a cornfield where you guess it, Harold um, hangs out. Yeah, and he walk. He kind of um, goes past that scarecrow several times, hinting that maybe he's lost. I, or either he's walking in circles, which he shouldn't be because he knows, knows the area, or Harold's moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, eventually he he gets attacked by Harold and he tries to stick him with the um with a pitchfork, pitchfork yeah. but fortunately it doesn't it. work and he and Harold picks it, takes it and then pierces Tommy's chest. It's straight through the chest and then it's do you think, oh, Tommy's going to just die and bleedeth? No. no. As it turns out, yeah. Tommy starts sprouting hay from his um, ears, mouth and nose, his ears, other places, hair, yeah. whatever. And then he soon enough throws up hay. He's coughing up hay and stuff. And later on, we see... Him turn into a scarecrow. A, well, the, Harold the Scarecrow, the right. same Harold's face, but wearing Tommy's clothes. So we believe that Tommy was converted or transferred into a scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. Later the next morning, mm. Stella shows um, her friends the um, story and they head to the farm and find out that Tommy has been transformed no, into a No, well, they believe scarecrow. he has. 
for the police think, oh, he's gone missing. Yeah, they think, yeah. The, the statement from the police is that they think he ran away to join the army. Why or not? Whatever. Anyway. What a good, upstanding young man. Who yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, anyway, our heroes try to figure out what's going down, and then we find out later on another story gets written, and it just turns out it's sort of for um, August, oh, yeah. August, yeah. who's who's about the story of the big toe, big toe yes. which deals with um, a weird, haggy woman who who is. Lost her toe in a stew pot. Wasn't wasn't that put that creature cut it in pieces as well? No, that was the jack of the man. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Sorry, um, wrong one. She tells August this, and he doesn't believe it. He's the he, one, he, the yeah, skeptical. He fi- yeah, he finds a stew or something in the fridge that Mum mm-hmm. didn't make. Yeah, and he th- and he starts gorging on it, and Stella. Yells for him not to eat Don't it. Don't eat it. And yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, eventually he finds there's a toe in the pot and he then throws it on the floor. And uh, along with the contents of his stomach, didn't he throw up? Was yeah, it? probably. I've been eating human being. Yeah, and then he starts hearing, Where? Who's took my toe? And this is where it gets scary. And instead of waiting or waiting for news on the walkie-talkie to find out what's ha- what's going to happen next in the story, he just runs off and hides in his room, which could indicate in the book that it could be that this is actions. Would yeah, well, it was in the book, possibly. It's probably written down. He went there and Yeah, and, and Stella blah, blah. kept yelling, August, August, uh, all that stuff. July, she- August, September, where are you? Yeah, Sorry, he then heads into his room <laughs> and hides under the bed. No surprise, this is probably and, what I and, do. And he thinks he's safe there, and... The door creaks open. And there's nobody there. And he starts to come out from under the bed, and the creature's actually behind him where his feet are, and pulls him straight through the wall into yeah. parts unknown. Yeah. A little bit remind me of yeah. Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, that little girl went for a wall. Yeah, or, Stella yeah, yeah. And, mm. and Ramon arrive, and, and they find... They enter um, um, August's room and they see the claw marks. I mean, the, the hand, it's, the and, nail and marks. It's, 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 yeah, his fingernail marks scraping across the floor, going towards the wall, and yeah. that's, that's where they ended. Yeah. Uh, so he's gone to yeah. another dimension. So something or so other. So it may have been indicated uh, in the book, which does ex- could explain what, what would have happened next if she, if he did the opposite to what the book did. I don't know if that would have rewrote the story when you well, think about it. I don't it. know. You see, if he did bother to stay around, maybe he could have found out exactly what he should have not done. Isn't that right? But he, he would. He he didn't know about the book. Stella had the book. Yeah, he saw the writing coming in there. He, they were in a different house. He couldn't say, oh, I agree with you. He was just, yeah, I think you're full of crap. Yeah. Well, he, throughout the story, yeah. he was the one who just kept disbelieving that this is all real. No, it's bull, that's crap. Yeah, he didn't believe in anything, this guy, and he got sucked away by yeah. this. Uh, they tried their, te- their attempt to destroy the book at one point. And and got to burn it. Guess what? doesn't work. didn't work. Hmm. Gee, and they ripped the pages out at one stage, yeah. and the next moment you see the pages aren't ripped out anymore, so I think it it, it fixed itself. Yeah. Aha. Yeah, so anyway, um, having no way of dealing with this, they decide to find out more about Sarah Bellows and, and all that stuff. So they contact the last person who may know of her, 
an old servant or old daughter of a servant who um, who who's now an elderly lady who's Very looked after her by her grandchild? mother grand, her granddaughter. granddaughter or daughter. I think it was a granddaughter, yeah. And yeah. she tells her that Sarah Bellows um, was didn't do anything wrong, I think. Yeah, I think she said she hinted that she didn't do anything wrong. It's, mm. yeah. yeah, and her daughter or granddaughter tells her that Sarah Bellas didn't die at home. She died at the hospital. Yeah, by the hands of her brother, who was a doctor there. He, yeah. was, he was one administering it, electric shock treatments and all the other good groovy yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, so Sarah... So No, I don't know why I keep saying Sarah. I mean, Stella... I can, The girl. They're both called S in the and name. S words. Anyway, Stella and Ramon and Chuck, they head down to the sanitarium or the psychology the nut, or whatever. The anyway, whatever. and they decide to look for the records, even though at first they weren't allowed in. But being an old record, 100 years old, I thought, oh, well, you go down to the red room. Yeah, according to Chuck, he had a nightmare, um, an ongoing nightmare of being in a red room of And it sorts. wasn't a red room, it was R-E-D, was the initials, uh, record something or other and yeah. Yeah, yeah, documents or something or other. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. he doesn't want anything to do with that room because he thinks it's... He was a bit it's, scared. Yeah. Tell me what happened he, to him. And he thinks, um, in conversation with um, Stella, that... That he, she might, that Sarah Bellows will use his fear against him. And because why should? It seems that Sarah Bellows in this story, it, she targets um, their fear and stuff. Yes. Oh, speaking of fear, <laughs> before this happened, um, Ruth, the girl I mentioned her earlier, oh, yeah. she was also targeted, and she her fear, I think, was being bitten by a spider well, actually, or I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know if fear was actually being bitten by. She didn't like spiders, but. She had a thing about her looks. Yeah. And I think she, she was worried about anything marring her beauty and that yeah. sort of stuff. And she got this little red yeah. spider bite on her cheek, which... Yeah, which is a very big... It grew um, and grew. And then these little hatchlings came out of her cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they save her and now she's yeah. placed into a hospital. Yeah, she was traumatised. Yeah, yeah, poor thing. And we don't see her again enough. Well, we see her right at the end of the movie. Yeah. Happy and, and smiling again. Yeah, move, so back to the mental institute. Um, our gr- group go heads into the institute, and of course Chuck decides to stay behind while the rest decide to. I'll be safe in the corridor. Yeah, not. And he, but he continues running through different corridors, being chased by orderlies. I think orderlies trying to go escape the orderlies, but then he gets. Um, now doesn't alarm off, and the, everything goes red. Yeah, all the corridors go red and everything. Yeah, and he, anyway, while this yeah. is happening, red room. So remember? Stella mm. and Ramon, they're in the 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 doc the, the document room, document room, equipment and, doc, yeah, whatever, yeah. and they see um Stella's um Sarah's um. Record, having a has a recording uh, from you know that little tube records used to use like Thomas Edison made a long yeah. time ago. One of those things. Yeah, yeah. So they take out a special gramophone, which and, they just have to have there, and Andy. start um, listening to the recording, which indicates that Sarah Bellows was tortured by her brother into admitting that she killed the children. Of course, while mm. this is happening, she's in, in during the recording. She starts telling a story about Chuck in a fear of a red room, and we yes. then look at the book again and see the Bory uh, story is being written. written in blood. Actually, all the stories written in blood too. By all red, it wasn't red ink. It was blood. I saw it. It's blood. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so while this is happening, uh, Chuck is gets an encounter of the creepy kind by 
the by the what's the what's the um uh, creature monster it was name called? called? Something or other. Slugman, what's it called? It's called the Pale Lady. She looks somewhere like a big maggot. Yeah, she approaches him from all sides of different parts of the room. Everywhere you turn, she'll then come up corridor, and then at the end, there's four. It's a junction of four corridors, and he was in the middle, and the four images of this pale lady came up, and she sucked him inside her body. Yeah, and by the time Ramon and Stella arrive, he's gone, and she finds his pen laying on the ground where he was last seen. Yeah, this pen is really relevant because he 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 likes the picture. It had one of those sort of ink pens where he had a lady in a bikini and then he turned upside down and she loses a bikini straight away. Yeah. Those and of course the orderly <laughs> and the nurse appear and they say, where's the uh, where's Chuck gone? Where's the kid, uh, other if kid gone? If only we knew. Anyway, uh. they're called into the sheriff's um, department and they want to know where um, Chuck and August have disappeared to. There's no recording of death. They just say he's, they disappeared. Isn't yeah. that right? It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they also find stuff. out about Ramon, and the sh- this is an interesting detail. Um, Ram- the sheriff has been dogging or dogging. Well, he, he, um, he hasn't been um, dogging Ram- anybody. Ramon. He just doesn't trust him. He's a stranger in town, in a small town. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. A bit like Rambo when he went in the. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? Anyway, we don't want you here. Anyway, he yeah, yeah. does his own investigation with him, and it indicates that. Ramon is a, a, draft a draft dodger who refuses to fight in the war. Because his brother died, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and decides to run away and all that stuff. Anyway, he continues asking these kids to tell them the truth, even though they probably tell them him a hundred times. This book is recording stories that, of, the dis- of both their disappearances. But he doesn't believe them. No, duh, on my part. Well, there you go then. Sounds just like the same sort of thing in that the blob where the where the um, deputy refused to believe the kids when something okay, creepy happens. moving right along. Anyway, he puts them in some cells and he takes... Well, he wanted Stella to go home, but mm. he wanted he want to stay her for Ramon or Ramon, yeah, Ramon or whatever. Yeah, and she says her final goodbyes to well, her she dad. Had, well, yeah, she said goodbye. Thinking that by this time tomorrow she's she'll yeah. be dead but or she gone. Had, she got the cell next to Ramon. Yeah. They couldn't have got the same cell. That would have been more fun, hey? Yeah, but oh. they held each other's hand. And while this is happening, the sheriff is alone in, in his office. With his puppy dog. And he hears, um, uh, he's looking at the book and he hears a weird noise and it's, and it's the, the jangly man. Uh, yeah. And he comes, he finally gets in there and he, and he, and he breaks uh, the sheriff's neck by giving a nice twist like they yeah. do. And he starts taunting uh, Ramon, telling him he's a coward. You're a coward. And he, of course, yeah. and thanks to the body being f- the body of the sheriff being thrown against uh, Stella's cell, she was able to get, get the, the keys. keys open the cell doors. What a stupid jangly man you are! <laughs> anyway, eventually, both Stella and Ramon they run and dodge the jangly man, and they head out to the sheriff's car. Of course, while Ramon is saying he'll distract the. St- Big jangly man, while Stella goes to confront Sarah Bellows. And try to sort of solve the problem. Yeah. Mm. So Sarah heads to back to the. I mean, I don't know why I keep saying Sarah. Sarah, Stella. Stella keeps going. Go heads back to the horn house to see Sarah. Yeah, so Stella. Could, Stella, Sarah, Stella goes back 
the horn has to see Sarah. Yeah. I said that. And then she <laughs> yells for her to um, stop these killings and stuff like that. And, and it res- it'll help. It won't and, resolve anything with and, her. And she so. realised that Sarah was innocent of the killings. And she will tell her story to the townsfolks and everybody. So no one would believe she was a killer anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Of course, hmm. Sarah listens and ponders this and believes Stella's being sincere and tells her to write her story sto- in her blood. In blood. In the book. So, so she, prints, she, she prints takes out a, so she gives her a pen, one of those old fashioned uh, like, like, pens, old nib pens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pierces her finger with it, and then slowly writes her story in a very detailed wording. Yeah. And eventually, um, the jangly man disappears when in the process and Ramon is safe and, um, and Sarah is able to move on to the next and world. she goes on to the, yeah, uh, finally peace after a hundred years. Yeah, and Stella completes the story and writes it and sends it into a, com- a writing competition. And it gets a wooden award, doesn't it? And she says some people believe the story and believe all the facts and fake stuff but they see. found and others remain Skeptical. Skeptical and don't yeah. believe, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, Ramon decides to um, go f- ahead, do the right thing. Do the right thing and get drafted. No, he didn't get drafted. He was drafted. Okay. So he, so he, sh- he showed up and said, okay, here I am. Yeah. Uh, my name's so-and-so. And they took him on the bus to the training camp. Yeah. 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 And Sarah and Ruth and her dad, they he- they drive off into the sunset. With where, uh, Ruthie? Well, yeah. With Rufy, I said. Yeah. yeah, I said Rufy. Oh, did you? Yeah. And Sarah and Stella remarks that she hopes, with the aid of the book, be able to find Chuck and August someday. Well, I look at this way: if if Augie was dragged into or through a wall into another dimension, and um, Chuck he, was, also. and Chuck was assimilated into a supernatural creature, they're probably sucked into a different dimension, like they did in. Poltergeist. Yeah, they're not dead. So they're not dead, they're just not here. So if she got in the book and wrote a story, so-and-so or other, part two, the return of Chucky or whatever, uh, or August or whatever, uh, she could write a story, hey, after, say, six months, so-and-so miraculously appeared back through the wall in his bedroom, under his bed, whatever, however it went, and reversed the procedure, he, he, he probably could have come out as easy as that. I do wonder if there was maybe... After she signs her name in the book, is there any side effects? Like whatever, what if? Well, um, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that uh, Warehouse 13's made out of. <laughs> Good TV series. Um, well, it's it's <laughs> the that's the interesting take on it, Mike. I mean, uh, the same when whenever you write something in a book, whether it's a supernatural book, you don't know what could be the outcome for it. I mean, I know that Sarah Bellows is no longer a big threat anymore, but no, but there is still but, the big but chance. Maybe the spell might be still attached to the book and the pen. Mm, true. You know, who would want to write with Edgar Allan Poe's pen? Mm. He was a creepy dude. He was a drug addict, I believe, and everything else. He was a strange little man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, happily ever after, so almost. So there you go. Happily ever after, Yay. all around. I'm not going to talk about this too much. Uh, it yeah. is what it is. Um, yeah. However, um, blah, 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 blah. We know about the filming and stuff and who did it and whatever, so I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, let's get back down to some nitty-gritty stuff. Um, here it is. Um, 
Mr. Del Toro Galamo was uh, at a, a con- convention somewhere, and he said, he said, when we started talking about this film five years ago, I had to think about it. Anthology films are always as bad as the worst story in them. This isn't quite an anthology, though. Yeah? They're never as good as the best story. And I, I, I remembered in Pan's Labyrinth, I created a book called The Book of Crossroads, yada, yada, yada. I thought it could be great if we had a book that reads you and it writes what you're most afraid of, which he did in this. Hmm. So, yeah, he, 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 it's not quite an anthology, but it's, 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 it's sitting on the border, it's sitting on the fence a bit, yeah. Yeah. But they've got little stories within stories about the people's fears coming out as these monsters and creepy things, yeah. Mm. So, now, reception. I'm not going to go for all the good groovy stuff. There's too many of them. Uh-huh. Generally, generally it's been medium to good. There's a couple of bad ones in there because I mentioned earlier on that some of these people thought, well, took the idea that this was made for a mature adult audience. Mm. How could you get a, a bunch of kids based on a kids uh, well, a story based on a children's book, go like an R.L. Stein or something similar, and say it's going to be an adult movie? Mm. It's not. It's a young teenager movie. Okay, so the guys who bagged it the most were the ones who probably really didn't appreciate the fact the target audience was not mature adults. Mm. Okay, so. That's where the biggest problem was of the gradings. Now, I, I highlight just a couple here. Um, here we go. Hmm. William uh, Bibiani of Bloody Disgusting wrote that the film often works very well for several breathless minutes at a time. But in between those excellent scenes, there's a lot of filler, a lot of perfunctory plotting and a lot of mediocre character development. Now, a reason why I highlight this is a lot of the guys who comment on these movies say there's no character development. This guy's saying there's too much character development. Now, I don't think there's too much character development, but they were setting the scene for each um, each phase of the story. Would you say that? I quite yeah. agree. Yeah, but I mean, this kid's got a bit of an upbringing. The uh, the uh, Ramon was like, obviously south of the border. And we, th- we didn't know what he-, he said. I'm following the picking and the harvest or something or other. But we don't know his full story. It comes out a bit later yeah, on. because he's a stranger. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I always say yeah. about characters who just enter a, a, a town and you don't know their backstory, yeah. it's interesting because most of the time it's, you are encountering um, either the hero of the story or he may turn out to be the bad guy. Yeah, you never and you, know. And you never know. Look, look at Rambo. He comes stranger in town. And who's the worst guy? The, the sheriff. sheriff. It's an, and Rambo takes on the town. Mm. The sheriff is sort of the last man standing almost. All, all his deputies, all lot of deputies are dead and everything else. And, 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 he's, and he, was, he was the nasty piece. So, yeah, moving right along. Yeah, um, uh, it's one, uh, one from The Guardian. Um, uh, it gave it three stars out of five. Noting, producer and co-writer Guillermo Teldoro brings Alvin Schwartz's much-loved children's book series to the big screen. Cool. But he says, but this uneven film can't decide who it's trying to scare. There's one trying to say, I think he, uh, this person, uh, Simran Hans, Hans, was thinking it might have been targeting... Adults. An adult, not 
a younger teen audience. Yeah, because... So I think you got it wrong. Because yeah. I know mm. there's some scary creatures in this movie, and no doubt, but these kids, they didn't gruesomely yeah. die or anything like that. Although the trailer, um, if you look at the um, roof's, um, you know, predicament with the um, weird thing with those zits, that was in- yeah. inv- involved in the trailer, yeah. but it didn't... It was gore- creepy, that part, yeah. but other yeah. than that, it's, yeah. it's not... It's not very evilly scary. Yeah, but here's another good one. Now, this was a good one. David Fear of Rolling Stone, okay, he gave the movie three stars out of five. I won't go through everything he said, but his last bit is, it says, has, it has, it has wrong demographic. What's that mean? Wrong target audience. People think, some people think it was targeting an adult audience. It wasn't. He says here, in his last bit of it, you owe it to your kids to take them to this. It's training wheels horror done right. Hmm. See, it's, it's target audience. If you're going to do a kiddies program for single-figure kiddies, hmm. it's going to be aimed at their mentality and their taste, hmm. like uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, which hmm. I really, really hate, yeah. um, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Hmm. And it, an adult would not find it very mind-numbing. Yes. Yeah. This is, I'm not... Chainsaw Massacre no, horror, no, but, but it's, it's not. It's it's horror without the but, horror. But it's We're horror without the horror. Yeah, well, you know, the, gla- the graphic blood and guts and gore and stuff. It's more mental horror. Do you think mental horror? You'd say, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now here's one here. Um, I'll do one more here. Um, here's one, and this is why I mean I don't think they get it right. I won't say who this one is. It said, uh, as as Yet, as gross and spooky and just occasionally frightening as these terror tactics get, they never quite cross over into the deep end of truly grown-up horror. Yeah. It's not grown-up horror. It's teen horror. It's low, y- young teen horror. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Uh, it, yeah, it, I, remember it, get, yeah. I remember getting this question a while yeah. back when I was doing a... Um, on a radio show where they asked me when I was do- doing my film premiere, um, is my horror film going to be a horror with gore in it or is it a horror or an, what was it the other one that they described? Oh, whatever, yeah. But the point is that... And, yeah. and yet the, my horror movie is more of a classic horror, like with thrills look, and, ch- look, and look, suspense. Look, looking back to the B-movies of the 1950s, that's what Sarah's trying to imply here. The movies like Creature Film, Latin Lagoon, Tarantula... All those sorts of wonderful, fun movies. People got killed occasionally, but you didn't see any blood. No. You didn't see people's heads being torn off. Yeah. You didn't see... It, it just, a lot of it was just implied people running around going, scream, 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 oh, look at the monster over there. Oh, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. And that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that's This what, comes yeah. off as that, you know. It's yeah. not completely gory. You don't like, have to there's have no blood, and blood. guts and gore in every movie to make it scary. And for this sh- is a prime example for of For sure. Um, the sheriff got his head... Um, only twisted, twisted and snapped like, yeah, like in any action movie. Let's get the naughty guy, snap his neck, let's move on. Same thing. It wasn't any blood and guts and gore in this. No. And there was, I think there was a little bit of... Was there a little bit of blood on... No, no, I can't think of it. No, there, no, there was wasn't any blood in it at all. But it was a scary movie. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to have blood and guts and gore. And, oh, surprisingly, there was no sex scene in it. Gee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if... Um, 
No, I won't mention any names. Uh, some other director would have got involved. There would have been a ubiquitous sex scene thrown in just to keep it interesting. But it's aimed at young teens, and they kept it at that level. So there, there yeah. you go then. That's my little bit. That's my mm. little tirade. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, no, it's a point. If you're going to target an audience, you target your audience, and then you give it your best. Yeah, and yeah. I think they did. I think they, did. I think they mm. target their audience correctly. Yeah, it's just the young um, teens. It's just film critics don't understand it. Well, they don't understand. Oh, go to see this picture. I don't care what it is. Oh, blah, blah, they blah. They probably yeah, assumed like this yeah, was yeah. going to be um, an over... Um, Gorified type horror movie. Well, you look, you take it. Okay, here's one for you. A good example. Okay. Where you're a bit of a cr- uh, crossed uh, different areas. Take Monsters vs. Aliens, the cartoon. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, I think it was the other, other bit was spin off uh, Killer mm. Pumpkins from Outer Space or something or other. Mm. Now, they're really good, fun kids' cartoons, right? Right. And Seth Rogen makes a great Bob the Blob. I think he's great. I can't remember who did the voices for the other guys. But it's fun for kids, but an adult can enjoy it. Mm. I have a great fun watching Bob the Blob listen listen to the stupid crap he comes out with. And Seth Rogen really plays it really funny. Uh, but the point is, there's some things which across decades, mm. different age groups, and this wasn't meant to be crossing over the age group. It was aimed for a teenage audience. Yeah. I am 67 years old. I still enjoyed it because I knew the target market was young teens. Mm. So I accepted the fact that I wouldn't be quite exactly what I wanted mm. as the mature adult. But I appreciate the fact that it's a damn well-made movie. Guillermo del Toro did a good job. He's directed did a good job. Um, it's a good movie if you watch it knowing its target market. Ta-da. Yeah, anyway, I do think they had the right target. It's just the reviews didn't well, understand. Well, they did. The, they, the reviews didn't know the target market. And they're the guys who put their, can I say bull? No, uh, their mm. crap into the magazines, newspapers, and, and they will say, this is a crappy movie or something, or I didn't like it. And people read it and believe it. Well, yeah. I'd say, get off it. Get off your bum and go to the pictures, have a look, and then tell your friends about it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, the reason I like yeah, yeah. we wanted to review this one was it's we had Halloween as a bit yeah, of a Halloween, theme. yeah. And, and I like thought these guys may like another Halloween related. We we film. might do if we can't find any more Halloween type theme movies, we might find a couple of movies that are really popular at Halloween. Uh, but we're going, we're going to look through our archives, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. But for another next two or three, we're we going to do for mm. Halloween. Mm, yeah. yeah. We're going to check the dates out. Yeah. We started early because we like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, just today, me and Mike were browsing through Halloween aisles. Ah, uh, the shops are so good. I mean, we're in Australia. We don't get as much as the Americans get because obviously it's American public holiday, but. I wish we could actually do it in Australia. Sometimes kids would have a ball, but yeah, we don't do it over here. We do it a little bit, and kids get disappointed. Yeah. Because it's not like the same on American TV shows we get over here. Yeah, unlike yeah. the TV shows in in America, where they make out, oh, you're having big Halloween displays in their backyard. Like, we have Christmas decorations yeah. all over our houses yeah. all the time, in sometimes. But we don't do Halloween. But we don't do no. Halloween. Well, it's, it's, it's an American public holiday. It, yeah. it came over from Ireland or somewhere to America with the Irish immigrants and stuff, and it took on, and yeah, that's fine. But in Australia, we didn't have that. So no, we, we have our own holidays. We have yeah. a 
Queen's birthday that's one, weekends and so yeah, on, so Australia. That's one holiday know, I would yeah, love yeah. to do, you know, Halloween, tr- you oh. know, traditional sense. Yeah. But uh, why, why don't we go to America for Halloween? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we can. Have, we do have Halloween parties and balls and, I mean, parties yeah, yeah, and, and, and special shows here sometimes. Yeah, like festivals, yeah, but they're not. Not not like you have in America where the kids can walk up down the street and knock on people's doors and get, get yeah. candy and stuff. Yeah. And we, we haven't got that. And mm. people try to force it, but people, there's not enough people into it. So it's really hard for the kids. Yeah, we yeah. do get the mm. odd lolly and chocky here, See, you well, know, to make sure that we don't deprive kids yeah. of at well, least well, chocolate. Done that. Yeah, but we, we moved into this house about 20 years ago. I think the first year we were in here, some kids knocked on the door and said, oh, it's, oh, it's trick-or-treat. Oh, sorry, I haven't got anything. So the next year, I bought some candy, had it ready, and we haven't, anybody, haven't had anybody for the past 19 years. So that's what we have to put up for Australia. You get the odd kid does it, and, and they get so disappointed. It's very frustrating for them, yeah. Well, I think I did um, see a few trick-or-treaters here and there, but not yeah, but as many. I mean, people, as yeah, you... the kids have to knock on doors. And the people haven't got the candy. They haven't got the. It's not the fun's not there. Mm. Yeah, it's just wrong. It's. I do know. like the displays that they make. Oh, some like displays. the mannequins that they use, they sell down at the shops are awesome. Yeah, I mean some some of the stuff is great. I, I love to set my front yard up like that and have your, your skeletons coming out of graves and stuff and jack o' lanterns and whatever and and, 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 yeah. bone, and bones jumping out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, and stuff in there, and. and uh, Door knockers, which you go, who's coming into my house? Yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and scare the crap out of the kids. Have a wonderful time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. We yeah. saw an interesting skeleton that looks like a life-size skeleton. Yeah, and I was going to buy that, but at hundred bucks, I wasn't going to use it. I'd use it for a few minutes, and they scared my four-year-old grandchild. He'll never come here again. And so I thought, no, I better not buy that one. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're big on Halloween over here. I mean, I uh, like me it, Mike but I would like to set my garage up. Well, my garage is my office. And, i got a double garage, about six metres by six metres, which is really nice. Uh, and we were hoping to make a Halloween-type well, tr- thing yeah, here. I think I'm scary. He's only, the little guy's only four years old. I think if I made it too scary, he wouldn't come in here. Yeah. He likes to use my computer. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, let's start re- um, rating this well, movie. Well, okay. We? I, again, when I review a movie, like I said so many times before, I try to evaluate it for the target market it's targeting, not my personal taste. Okay. Now, Guillermo del Toro makes good movies. I don't know Andre Overdahl, uh, whatever, Overdahl, whatever, the director. I don't know his work. He did a pretty good job, though, in this movie. Uh, the screenplay that was fine-tuned by the uh, Hagman brothers. I think the script works. Filming's good. Storyline again, it's teen orientated. I and when I want to put that aside, it works. Continuity's there. It's linked. It's everything segues into each other. It's not a problem. So I've got to give it nine and a half. I'll give it. I'll take half off only because yeah, there were a little bit, a little bit of dead bits here and there which could have been fine tuned a bit. But nine and a half is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to say, I'm going to give it um, nine out of ten myself. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, but it's a good movie. I, I, I like it, and if you and actually, 
Um, I just like the fact that um, the girls were the um, some of the characters were very relatable. Yeah, relatable, and that's the whole point. Reality in fiction is a beautiful thing, and if yeah. you can relate to the people in the story, mm. yeah. I mean, look, you look at say the Wolfman, the old one with Lon Chaney in it, okay, mm. Lon Chaney Junior. Okay, well, how many people can say, well, you know, in Australia or America or England, can identify with a guy who's in Europe somewhere, rather, who gets bitten by a werewolf, and, and it's really hard to identify off the people in it. True. The villages, and stuff, well, you, you don't live in that sort of community. Yeah, it's just that yeah. these kids, they're, yeah. well, they actually act like kids. Like, yeah, yeah they like, like kids. They, they like horror. Yeah. They're, not, they're not like... They're like normal. normal maladjusted, kids. I mean, well-adjusted kids. Yeah. <laughs> kids, um... Who are brought up in the um, those ordin- ordinary suburb yep. areas, yeah, exactly the, right. um, yeah. but at the same time are, are in- more interested. Poor to lower middle class sort of, yeah, that, yeah working yeah. class type sort stuff. Sort of yeah, like yeah. what some. Um, sort of like in the kids in it. Yeah. 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 Like a lot, like yeah. the. Um, or the those, Goonies. Hmm, yeah. 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 Imagine a lot of directors, they based their childhood around this sort of thing when they were young. They probably started out like yeah. ordinary kids with um, maybe interested in a bit of horror here and there in their lives if they're into okay. that sort Hands of thing. up. I can't see your hands, obviously. How many of you out there have actually gone into an old derelict house when you were a kid? I have. I did. Down near the local tip. Mm. A lot of bush around it. It looked like the place hadn't been lived in for 20 or 30 years. Floorboards rotting, hole in the ceiling, or whatever. We went there. Wow, there's an old piano in the corner still. You know. I did like it when mm. they went to the yeah. drive-through. That was probably my favourite oh, scenes. Well. You know, the drive-through when they watched uh, Night Drive in. Drive-in. Yeah. Drive. Yeah, we haven't got to hear any drive-ins out here anymore. But I just, I just came back to the haunted houses. You think about it. I walked in this old house, hmm. and you think there's an old piano there, and there's an old couch over there. So somewhere, someone's died, and the house just been left. It wasn't left to anybody. It's just been sitting there, and nature was just coming back over it. Someone owned the land, obviously, mm. but no one did anything with it. it. Just was going. There's a lot of houses like that around the world. People, yeah, George, and they're ha- that people think they're haunted. Kids get if they get a chance, and they go in there, they let their imagination run wild. Mm. Now sh- you can talk. No, I was referring to actually <laughs> the um the atmosphere the kids have been brought up with, like yeah. the whole. Um, they're into the horror thing, unlike in those other movies where they don't, you don't, sh- they don't show a kid's bedroom full of ho- awesome posters of horror, you know, posters. Oh, I couldn't have that. And I was allowed to. <laughs> and most of the kids would be into um, ordinary stuff like baseball and stuff, well, and they don't think about anything well, that's st- that's exciting. Yeah, or but cool. the point is, okay, in these, okay, I'm going to say, in these American movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always, a lot of times they show a kid has a room to themselves. Mm-hmm. So they can set the room up how they want it. You had a room to yourself when you were growing up. When I was growing up, I had a double bedroom on which I shared with my two brothers. Yeah, we, we had enough room to walk in next to a bed and get into bed. We had a big wardrobe we shared and we had no room to put anything in there. Mm. Um, we couldn't have put a poster on the wall because there's no wall space because hmm. there's just nothing there. So, yeah, if I had my own room, yeah, I would have had posters all over it. But back in those days, I would have had music posters and stuff out of all the you know, bands I used to like and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But I wanted to put my own lighting in there, hmm. you, know, purp- you know, dark lights, purple uh, lighting and stuff, you know, and party, you know, that sort of stuff and paint the room, the ceiling black and stuff. Yeah. But my mum wouldn't let me do that. Yeah, so I kind uh, of like the fact that in this movie that – Stella was um, a bit interesting 
horror and gothic oh, horror yeah. like Bucket like loads of posters like, in there, didn't yeah, yeah she had yeah. like roger corman type movie yeah. um posters and other post creepy posters yeah, like like bella ghost with the invisible uh, uh body vanishes now i can't yeah, remember I a movie there I, I got that i got something else yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i was looking i was trying to read all the posters in the background yeah and yeah. she was into um those tales from the crypt type comic books I think they uh, were yeah, yeah Tales from Crypt or something yeah it's Not, great Actually, I didn't look at the names but they look some, like something, something like that One like, Tales of the Dark Side or Tales of the Crypt or Creep Show type things yeah that, that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. she's into the um, those types Creepy of things Creepy stuff yeah she even was I writing was. A, um, you know, on a typewriter a story of something dark or something, the, the whispering the whispering dark yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh by the way this is readily available through uh, Amazon and eBay you can probably find it later. Place it's probably in your higher shops. You can probably download a copy of it, stream it, whatever. Yeah. Mm. Whatever. It's around. It's so fresh. It's uh, the ink's still drying on it. Yeah. I did feel <coughs> so, sorry for Sarah, Sarah Barlow's when I think about Sarah. This. Yeah, I mean, actually, that that theme has happened in a lot of horror movies mm. where somebody who is an innocent yeah. gets killed or commit suicide because they're persecuted and they come back and they get revenge. And that's mm. a good theme for a movie. Mm, I agree. Mm. Like that one we, we did um, in Fear Street where they they killed her because they accused her of being a witch. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort but of she thing. she wasn't. Mm. No, it, it was her... The guys who... Uh, um, yeah, the other guy. The, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the local sheriff who yep. turns out to be a jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm, yes, but the wrong people. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good theme for a movie. It, it, yeah. it goes to, oh, I want revenge. Why do you want revenge? You're naughty. No, I wasn't. He was an naughty one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all stuff. Yeah. You know. I liked it that in the end, Stella rewrote the um, the, uh, the history. Tr- wrote wrote yeah, Sarah yeah. Bellows' truth. You could say she 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 wrote her rights. No, wrong to rights. She wrote it. Oh, whatever. Yeah. She, she wronged her rights or wrote her rights or whatever. Yeah, yeah I, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I did feel sorry for her. In, in one of the scenes in the movie I didn't mention, there was a bit of a flashback where Stella replays what Sarah went through in in a, in a flashback. Well, ex- no, that's when she was being she got dragged into it. Yes, in the in the haunted house. Yeah. Just when the, when the dangly man bit was going on, she got there into the house and she was dragged into the past, sort of. In sort of Sarah's yeah. role, so she could yeah. see what Sarah so went through. She reenacted the yeah, um, yeah. thing. She was Sarah for a few minutes. Yeah, see, yeah. Sarah is being chased for her, ha- her family's home, and they were going to put her in the nut house, nut closet. They oh yeah, closet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, closet downstairs, or the basement. Oh, or something. while telling her, if you don't behave, we'll throw you at the nut house. Throw you nut house, and he, she ended up there, and electric shock treatment got her to convince. Uh, uh, com- uh, her brother. You know, her brother convinced her to plead guilty to killing the children and stuff, and then they yeah. brought her home eventually and she committed suicide. Yeah, because she's been yeah. spreading, um, probably telling pe- some people telling the truth the about truth the mercury in the water supply, yeah. which their factory was actually, their byproducts was actually uh, poisoning the water supply and the kids were dying from it. Yeah, and they were probably drink- accidentally drinking See, it. See, I keep telling you, don't drink the water. Drink alcohol. No, no problem. Uh a bit of Bundy, oh no, you guys drink it, you could be a bit of Jack Daniels or Jimmy Bean or something. Well, anyway, I did yeah, think yeah, that yeah. it was interesting that 
when she died, she also written her family's stories in that book too. In that, and they kind of disappeared yeah, in the, the same fairy, manner. Yeah, she, she got rid of her family by writing the stories. Interesting. I'm wondering whether she actually killed off a family and then committed suicide. Mm, that didn't actually come out. No, it didn't. No. I like to think she may have... I, I like to see, but she got rid yeah. of all, she dispatched all yeah. the family I first. like to think, <laughs> and this is in my mind, that I think that Sarah... This is how I see the story. Sarah Bellows, she was an, a girl, and she was, acu- she was abused by her family. And then after, say, several deaths, they committed her to a nut house, and she gets tortured by the electric and stuff like that and other horrible treatments and while this destroyed her mentally it kind of killed her mentally but at the same time she probably also died at home because she couldn't take the guilt of what they did or they 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 destroyed her and made her a criminal and everything else and And so she may have um died at the, they may say that she died at the mental institute, but I think she died at she home. She died at home. Because, oh, yeah, I think she did because, because that's why the ghost was hot because, morning home. Because her yeah. brain was fried and yeah. probably, and that killed her, but I think that she was killed at home. A bit of home detention back in those days. <laughs> so she took her life after she, um, after her brain was fried, uh, oh, I seriously. Think, I, th- I think her brain wasn't quite so fried. That's why she wrote the stories. and mm. got, I think she killed off all the family by writing the stories. And then she said, "Well, I've got nothing to live for now." And then she killed herself. Hmm. Maybe that's that's my take on it. Anyway. I like to think that they did it. They kind of made her crazy because she also oh. had money, and they were probably wouldn't wanted to take it. Well, she would have had. She would have been part of the family wealth. Yeah. But the point is, it wasn't about the money for her. No, it wasn't. It was revenge for the people treating her so badly and just let me shot treatment and make you. Uh, admits he killed the children she didn't actually uh, kill and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, no, the, no, the, never a concern of money. And she yeah. just wanted revenge. The closest yeah. thing makes me think of the Stephen King Carrie, where her mother, her abusive mother, would throw Carrie in her, in a sort of closet and get her to try to rep it, you know, for rec, you know, try to as punishment. Mostly. Yeah, actually, I like the original Carrie. Was it Sissy Spacek? Was it that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. That first one. Mm. Anyway, Her mother was a real creep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it for us tonight. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, what have I done that? Done that? Uh, blah blah blah. I uh, can't think of anything else. Yeah, it's me neither. Uh, I've done the availability, which you can get anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, guys, feel free mm, to check it yeah. out and give us your food for thought, as but, per usual. But like I said, it's aimed at a young teenager audience, like young teen to mid teens that area, yeah. or even a later teen who's yeah. not necessarily in the. I great just horror. think some. Yeah. I just think that the reviewers that It's. I think this type of thing is strange to um, some reviewers. They used to. Adult movies. Uh, adult horror, but mm, when yeah. they saw this, they probably assumed this would be over-the-top horror. horror. It's, it's not. It's not over-the-top. You're actually good training wheels for getting your kids into horror, one of the reviewers said, and I would say yes, definitely. It's a step up from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Angel and stuff. They weren't that horrific. This is the next level up from mm. that. So you got that. I got that stuff. And I got something a little bit darker before I get into the media adult stuff. So it fits in that ca- that mid yeah, category. So it's yeah. sort of in the middle. Yeah, and it's a good what, a good clean wholesome horror fun. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's about it for us tonight. So thanks for listening to this podcast, everyone, and I'll see you guys for another next one. Bye for exactly. now. Exactly.
Bye, guys. Bye.